0: Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message.
1: Last year, we did a series called Getting to Know You. Do you remember that from last year? There was a screen behind us, and we we interviewed some awesome people Um, We're doing it a little bit different this year because now we have a live audience, which we're excited about. (laughs) Uh, When we did it before, it was just with a camera, so we're excited to share this live with you. And this year, this little series we're going to do the next several weeks is called Living Epistles. And an epistle is actually a poem or a literary work, which is in the form of a letter and the heart of this series comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, and it says, You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of a living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, on the heart. And so to be a living epistle, what that really means is that you're a living, breathing, walking letter of God's goodness, glory, and grace to the world. And among us at the Calvary Church, we have some amazing living epistles. And last year when we did this series, it touched my heart so much to hear the stories of people that have walked with the Lord and known the Lord and been through some things and made it. Stories of triumph and tragedy and triumph. And so um, this year we're doing the same thing and let you get to know a few of the living epistles among us. So tonight is my honor to have Sarah Varnum here. And she's nervous, so we're going to give her a hand. (laughs) When she first came up here, she was moving the chair around so her back would be to the audience. But we said that she... (laughs) She could not do that, that she has a beautiful face, and we want to share it with her tonight. <laughs> I have a feeling this night is going to be filled with a lot of laughter and fun, because she is a laughter and fun. So we're going to start from the beginning. All right, Sister Varnum, you ready? Uh, so we want to know if you're okay to share your age. When were you born and where? So I was born in Gulf Hammock, Florida,
2: okay. Um December the 8th,
1: 1938. 1938.
2: That makes you 82? And when the church has its birthday, I'll be 83.
1: Oh, yeah, 83. And if you know Sarah Varnum, you know she is a very young 83. Very young. (laughs) She was saying that to warm up, she should have been doing sit-ups here on the platform before to work her nerves out. Of course, she only does 50 at a time, half sit-ups. I said... Thank you very much, Sister Barnum. So, uh, can you tell us a little about your parents? Like your your uh, when you were born, who were your
2: parents, and kind of your home life there in Florida? My dad's name was Lucius Berlin Smallwood, and my mom's name was Mildred Watkins Smallwood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, they were. Daddy was seventeen. And Mama was three days before 18 when they got married.
1: Well, there you have it.
2: (laughs) And so they started
1: out young. And did you, um, how did your experiences as a a child, what was that like for you? And how do you feel like that has kind of shaped you as a person?
2: What was it like when you were a kid? (laughs) Well, we grew everything we ate. So that meant we we had to work hard. Um, We would get up and be in the fields at 5 o'clock in the morning as soon as the sun came up working. And uh, we didn't stop until late in the evening. And the we call them sandflies would start biting you, and they'd make little red spots all over your legs. And we'd beg Mama, Mama, please, let's go to the house. She said, no, just keep working. The sandflies have got to eat, too. Oh. <laughs> so my Mama believed in hard work, so... <laughs> I learned to work hard, and I don't mind tackling any kind of job, so mm-hmm. I might not can do it, but I'll tackle it. So. <laughs> and that's true about you. When I heard you just
1: describe your childhood, now I can see why you work the way you do. She's a very busy person, always working hard and doing something, so wow, um, Do you have, what's your earliest memory, like something real early that you remember
2: from your childhood? Oh, real early? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I remember snuggling under real heavy quilts, homemade quilts, and smelling the bacon and homemade biscuits and grits. And fried oh. eggs from the ch- our oh, chickens. Hallelujah! Oh, I could smell them coming into the room. <laughs> I can smell them now. That's no, <laughs> yeah. just good. <laughs> How and, old do you think you were then? How oh, old? I was probably five or six when wow. I started. I used to think that I—I I guess I asked Mama where I came from one time, and she told me she just woke up and there I was at the foot of the bed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so for years, I really thought I. I could remember that. <laughs> and, and, and so when I got old enough to know better, I would, when Mama, but there were nine of us, so I was the fourth. And when the doctor would come, when another baby would come, he would come through the living room carrying his little black bag, and I'd stand there hoping I could hear that baby cry mm-hmm. in that bag before he got to where Mama was. <laughs>
1: Well, now you all know that if your children ask you where they come from, just say, "Hey, foot of the bed." There you were. Praise the Lord. <laughs> um, but, um, when, when, when you were coming up, when you were young, do you remember any like thing that was popular? Maybe how the ladies wore their hair or clothing or anything that was like really popular when you were young.
2: Wow. I re- no, not much of anything. There didn't too much do too much hairstyling back then. Yeah, <laughs> we just combed it, and that was it. <laughs> but long- I do remember when I was in high school, the girls would wear uh, their hair in a ponytails, and I, I started wearing my hair in a ponytail.
1: How long has your hair been gray? Have you been gray a long time? I, I think gray hair is a lot beautiful. Of color back here, I feel like gray hair is beautiful. <laughs> hair. Let's just say that. Hallelujah. How long have you been, great? I don't
2: know. I, I, probably ever since Nathan's been
1: gone. <laughs> I'm sure that's the truth. Though. <laughs> you have a large family. So I heard you say nine. There's nine of you, brothers yeah. and sisters. So mm-hmm. just kind of walk through your family. So you had nine brothers and sisters. So that means you got a big family. So tell yeah. us about your family. Um,
2: well, Mama had a girl, and then my oldest brother, which he's the only one we've lost so far. He's been gone for two years now. But then she had five girls in a row, and Daddy threatened her if she had another girl. So she had two boys, (laughs) (laughs) and that wound it up. (laughs) (laughs) And now you
1: have children, yes. How many? Three sons. Three sons. And grandchildren? Seven. Seven
2: grandchildren. And do you have any great grandchildren? I have a great stepson, eight years old.
1: Wow. Megan's.
2: Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Finn. And Finn. Ah, oh, yeah, Finn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves Finn yes. he's awesome, Wow, so when do you all get together? Do you have like a lot of people in your house or or do all your brothers and sisters ever all get together? oh
2: we'd get together when we were we'd go home and we'd sit on the old bench I used to sit on when I was a kid, yeah, James has it at his house now, yeah and uh we'd tell tell stories we we used to keep from mom and daddy. <laughs> And Mom and Daddy would look at one another and said, we ought to beat them yet. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we did a lot. We had to protect each other from too many spankings, you know. Wow. So, <laughs> there you have. Even it. though we deserved them. <laughs> <laughs> but we wouldn't tell on one another. But if we got a spanking at school and Mom and Daddy found it out, when we got home, we got another one. Mm. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. There you go, because they taught us to trust the teachers and mm-hmm. respect them mm-hmm. and I, I guess probably uh, working like we did and uh, we mom and daddy believed in work and no play, but we didn't, <laughs> and so we would <laughs> we'd get out in the field and and we would play a lot and we'd learn to uh whistle a certain tune if we saw mom or daddy coming <laughs> and everybody fly to their hoe and get busy. Oh, there you go. But, um, uh, <laughs> it was, we just had to incorporate some fun in it to exist. And we didn't have electricity until I was about, uh, 11 years old. Wow. So when we, we had hog killing days once a year and all of our kin folks would come and we would kill hogs or a, the big people, I could play with my cousins and things, and we had a big time. And when they all left that evening, our smokehouse was full of meat, sausage, hams, side bacon, all kinds of stuff for us to smoke and cure for the coming year. And we had our own cows, and I used to milk a cow before I went to school in high school. <laughs> well, every day. <laughs> There you have it. I, I'd still do, do it if I could have a cow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. think
1: you should have a cow. I'd, yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, uh, when some of your family heard that we were interviewing you, they wanted to just ask a couple questions. So yeah, right. I know who that. Is. <laughs> <laughs> so some would say that you were too hard on your sons. Yeah. Really? Anybody look at that? (laughs) (laughs) So, no, you weren't, were you? No, No no, no. not hard enough. and Not hard enough. And also, we wanted to know who is your best son and list some of the reasons why you think it's Nathan.
0: (laughs) This was submitted
1: by someone in your family. All right. (laughs) Probably James. No. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right, let's see. Who Who is the person who has influenced you the most in your life? Well, the one person? Well, can you name one
2: or two? A hundred. A hundred? Yeah. Um, Actually, I've, I'm a learner. I look at people and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was one. She believed in really working hard and doing the best that you could mm-hmm. at, at any job you undertook, no matter how menial it was. Mm-hmm. And um, so when we hoed a row of corn and peanuts, we had to have every weed out of it. You mm, know. Wow. They'd come along and look at it and make sure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. But we, um, I don't know, we... Mama was very uh, clean and she taught us to clean the house Mm -hmm. and uh, when my oldest sister got older she took the place of Mama in the house and cooked the meals and all while we worked in the fields and things. Mm.
1: Wow, your mother sounds like a neat person. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And one day Mama sent me to the house to get something and uh, when we Washed clothes, we boiled them in a big old wash pot with the lye soap that Mama made. And uh, then we would clean the porches and things with that soap. And so my oldest sister had just gotten done with um, scrubbing the porch when I came to get what Mama wanted out of the house. And she wouldn't let me come in. So I proceeded to get on my knees and crawled in, and she started chasing me, and (laughs) I ran from her. (laughs) And So she had Mama to call me back and and give me a whipping for running from her.
1: (laughs) I feel like like you're Laura Ingalls Wilder, and this is Little House on the Prairie. Wow. The life that you've lived, wow. Nate, what are you saying, Nathan? a panther story?
2: Oh, we had a lot of panther stories, but um, they were right in the old slough that ran behind our house. Panthers, you could hear them at night screaming. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Really? (laughs) And one night we would go to the, our outhouse was way down the hill, right Mm -hmm. in front of the slough where the panthers were. And my sister and I would take the lamp and go out some nights and We'd tell scary stories and get scared to come to the house. And there was a tree we had to walk under. And when we got to that tree, we were afraid a panther would be up it. So we would holler for Daddy, and he'd come walk us back to the house. So one night we hollered and hollered for Daddy, and he never did come. So we decided we better just go out. So we had our arms around one another, and she had the lamp in her hand. We went under that tree, and we got under the tree tree a panther screamed right in that just I would do the scream but it'd scare everybody <laughs> and we started screaming and running and then we heard this laughter coming from the top of the tree it was our daddy <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <Yeah. laughs>
1: oh wow well what are your favorite things to do for fun if you're if you're doing something fun what is it
2: oh wow chopping holes in the dirt lot. <laughs> I like to hoe and to dig in the dirt and garden.
1: That sounds like so much fun. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to try I want to try that sometime and have fun. Oh, come
2: right on over and I'll show you how.
1: <laughs> That is awesome. If you could describe your perfect day, like oh if I could do anything I wanted all day, what would it be, Sister Barnum? Oh.
2: Find a beautiful creek with a big shade tree and give me a good book and a fishing pole. Wow. And a can of worms. <laughs> and I'd be
1: unhappy. You'd be happy all day, <laughs> really- huh? Um, okay, so if money was no object, if you had all the money you, you could ever want, what would you buy? What, what's the mo- something very, pr- you know, pricey, something big that you would want? Is there anything?
2: I would buy the Bishop Center. Oh. And I would probably I would love to start another orphanage like Tupelo.
1: Oh wow.
2: And fund it at least. I couldn't do much starting. And build churches. Would you? Wow. I really would. Okay. (laughs) My heart. So what's
1: something that most people don't know about you? Is there something you wanna share with us that I'm very shy.
2: (laughs) I really am. Are you?
1: Yes, Yes. you are shy. I am, honestly. (laughs) You. Well, that's awesome.
2: (laughs) Why do you you act like you don't believe it? I don't believe it.
0: No, honestly,
2: why are you shy? Why do you think you're shy? I don't know. Uh, We were taught to be seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I got over that much of it. Let's
1: see, can you tell us some of the jobs you've had in your life? Oh, wow.
2: I did a lot of secretary work. Um, When I decided to get married, my boss man was worried about me, I guess. But I'd already changed somebody to take my place for two weeks, and the last day was on Friday, and my boss man said, Now, kiddo. If you change your mind, your job's still yours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he didn't want you to go off, huh? <laughs> no, because
2: I only had known Steve five weeks. He had better sense than I did. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, um, wow. then I, I've done quite a bit of secretary work. Mm-hmm. I uh, worked at newspapers as a proofreader and typesetter and let me see, in San Antonio... Phoenix, Little Rock, Tampa, Florida, um, Tacoma, Washington, Wow! and uh, Springdale, Arkansas. You've lived a lot of places.
1: Yes. Oh, wow, all over. So typesetting and work, you know, yeah. secretarial work, any other yeah. type of jobs you've
2: done? or? Uh, well, my daddy hired us to pick ochre and paid us $5 an hour one year. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> <laughs> five cents an hour. I, yeah, I meant five cents it was. It really was. I, wow. And I used my big earnings to buy a store-bought dress. There you go. Which we didn't get any of. But yeah. My mom made our dresses out of cow feed sacks. Mm. And they were pretty. Mm-hmm. Charlotte says I should tell this, but I didn't think I would, but I guess I will. <laughs> but mama, when mom would go get cow feed... We would dance jigs waiting for her to get back so we could pick out our new dress material. Out of the cow feeds. And yeah. Wow. Well, they made them that way because people could use them. Mm-hmm. So, and so Mama made me a flare tail dress with panties to match. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I went to school and I wanted everybody to know it. So I twirled around and around. <laughs> And if Mom would have known that, oh my goodness, Ooh. I would have been whipped <laughs> double. But she taught us to be modest. Yes.
1: Hey, but if your mom makes yeah. you new panties, well, yes, you gotta really her fault. The world needs to know. That was too so. much.
2: Too much temptation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what What has been the happiest moment of your life? Is there a moment in your life you went, "Wow, this is the best,
2: the happiest moment I've ever had"? I've had thousands of them. Have you? But I really, when I got the Holy Ghost, I, you know, I was really happy because I thought I was too mean to get it.
1: <laughs> <You> t- <laughs> when did you I get the 16. Holy Ghost? I wow. was 16. So did your family all come into the church together there when you were? No,
2: actually, no, we didn't have a church much when I was a kid. Uh, in Gulf Hammock. when we had a vehicle Mm -hmm. sometimes we just had a horse and wagon but when we had a real vehicle um we would go six miles down a highway to a little place where there was an apostolic church Mm. and um i remember laying on the benches and them singing how beautiful heaven must be Mm. and there was nothing beautiful at our home except the love we had there and the the woods were full of beautiful flowers and things. But I have thought about all my life I wanted to go to heaven because I, I heard them singing how beautiful heaven must be. Mm-hmm. And, and so but, that... and on the way home from there, my brother would have to stay, sit in the back and hold a lantern down for a taillight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like another
1: world away. Wow, Sister Barnum. Um, Is there something you're proud of in your life that you've accomplished or that that you're proud of? Something that makes you feel proud? I'm sorry. Nathan is waiting
2: with bated breath for me to say for having Nathan. Yeah. Having Nathan. Yes.
1: (laughs) And we're so glad Nathan is here
2: tonight. But I am. Share this moment with us. I am proud of my parents for going to an old tent meeting in Gulf Hammock. Brother uh, Welch and another preacher came and preached the truth to them. They just heard enough of it to sometimes make us a little miserable <laughs> as young. As, but they heard enough of it to they knew it was true. Mm. And they started searching, you know. And then we found they found the church. But we didn't get to go off into that little church, because we just couldn't afford it, and Mm -hmm. most of the time our car wouldn't run. One of our uncles gave Daddy a car one time, and we all piled in it and was going over just about a mile to my aunt and uncle's house, and we got about halfway there, and it tore up. (laughs) The car tore up. (laughs) Daddy Daddy gave up on that one. On a car. (laughs) Oh,
1: wow. Um, I through My knowing you, I've heard you say little sayings, like, I think they're just amazing. You have little funny things you say, little sayings that are important to you, or little songs that you sing. So I just want you to share some of that so everyone can hear that, because to me, that is like the most wonderful thing that you have... All of this tucked in your mind somewhere, and all of a sudden you hear a little saying, a little song, and it just is so meaningful. So, can you share any of those with us? Some I know those... a lot of
2: poems and things my brother wrote. Yeah, but um, I don't think I better tell them. Okay. <laughs> Some they're not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> um, the my mama taught me that pretty is, is pretty does. Mm-hmm. Right. So don't get to thinking you're so pretty, Sarah, if you're doing bad things. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but there was a little song that I have been admonished to sing, and I have been admonished not to sing. Oh, no. We want to hear it. Yeah. We want to hear it. So just <laughs> <laughs> I think the one that told me not to sing it is afraid because I sound like an old hillbilly. And they think that people will laugh at me. So oh, I no. said, do you think I really care if they laugh at me? <laughs> I don't think so. And, and it's, I want you to sing it. Um, this song was one I would go to my sister's, and she had seven children. And uh, they would all get in a ring and get me in the middle. And I would sing that song, and they'd be going around and around and clapping their hands. And, doing, and it wasn't a spiritual song by any means. <laughs> But um, I'll sing one verse of it, and pardon me, let me take a little drink of water. (laughs) Scott, this is the last verse on it. Okay. And um, if I can get the right key now. Let me see. (laughs) Oh, the preacher rode by with his head high, stood high, said his wife had been down with the flu. And he thought that I ought to give him a quart of that good old Mountain Dew. They call it that good old Mountain Dew. And them that refuse it are few. I'll shut up my mug and fill up my jug with that good old Mountain Dew.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. Uh, That is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) Oh, Sister Barnum, you are precious. Can you share with us? Some of the most important lessons you've learned in your life. Um, I'm sure there's many, but could you share some with us?
2: Okay, I wrote some down. I'm going to read them. Okay. All right. One is you probably aren't near as smart and wise as you think you are. Well, there you have it. (laughs) And then another one is really, really living for God takes time, consistency, study of the word, and a deep hunger to please him. Yes. And another one: This is you look back when you're my age, and this is where it appears. Nothing's really important except what we do for the Lord. But our lives really are like a vapor that appear for a moment, and only what we do for Christ will survive us. And here's another one: If everybody obeyed the Golden Rule and lived the Book of Acts, life would be utopia. Mm-hmm. And my granddaddy told Steve and me, when we got married and started to leave Florida, we were about to drive away, he said, you young'uns don't go too fast. You might pass up more than you overtake. Wow. You think about that a little while, and you realize he was telling us to take one day at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Which is very good advice. It is good (laughs) advice. I don't know that I've done that. (laughs) But it is good advice. Yes, Yes, it is.
1: Uh, Well, let's talk about your spiritual life, because I feel like your testimony as a woman of faith is significant to all of us. I respect you and your walk with God so much, Sister Varnum. So you shared that you got the Holy Ghost when you were 16. Mm -hmm. Were you baptized Mm -hmm. at that time, too, Mm -hmm. in that little... Apostolic
2: Church? It yeah, well, in a lake. In a lake, like, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you remember much about that experience or what happened? No, it's been so long. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, if you could offer any advice to people who are maybe just starting their walk with God um, now, well, if you received the Holy Ghost when you were 16, you've walked with God a long now, long many years. And so. Somebody's just starting out. What would you tell them?
2: Well, I really didn't get rooted and grounded in in church until I, uh, after we got married and went to San Antonio. Okay. And that was I had never been in a church. I was just blown off my. I didn't know church could be that way. Mm. There was people get the Holy Ghost every service. People healed from cancer and all kinds of things. Wow. And it was just like heaven to me. Mm-hmm. So that's where I really got grounded and and wouldn't let anything stop me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But the you have to put the Lord before everything and give him every dark corner of your life. Mm-hmm. If you hold anything back, you may never make it. Yeah. Because he knows it anyway, mm-hmm. so we'd just as well to turn loose of it mm-hmm. and let him have it,
1: yeah,
2: but always keep a song in your heart and don 't lose the joy of the lord mm-hmm. because that's that's your strength, yeah, the joy
1: yeah,
2: and there have been times when there was something happened in my life, and for two years i didn 't sing i 've always sung around the house, my voice can tell you that. On, they would, Nathan said, there's nothing quite as uh, embarrassing as to be walking home from school with a friend and you hear a big noise. And he said, what in the world is that? He said, that's my mom singing. <laughs> but um, something happened in my life and I didn't re- even realize it. But for two years, I didn't sing. But one day I started singing and I, that's when I thought, wow. Mm. I haven't sung in two years, Mm -hmm. but singing is is really good therapy for me. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of people probably think, I wish you'd hush that noise, but I think the Lord likes it. I think so. (laughs) So I just keep doing it.
1: I think it's good (laughs) advice. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, As you think back through your life, I know you've been involved in church and ministries and all kinds of things. Can you just kind of give us a sampling of Maybe all the things you've done for God through the years—what have you been involved in or done? Well,
2: I was—I uh, no, don't know—I was a ladies' auxiliary leader. One place we lived, mm-hmm. I was a pastor's wife, actually, yes. have you. Yes, yeah. Um, I used to sing <laughs> um, in church. Yes, even. <laughs> they yes. were that, that desperate. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, <laughs>
1: no,
2: <laughs> um, uh, I've done, I've helped with Bible studies and door to door, knock, knocking on doors, Yeah, inviting people to church. And, you know, I, sometimes I stop and talk to people I meet. Yeah. Not I think, as often as I'd like to or used to.
1: Yeah. I think there's a lot of practical things you do too, because you're such a person who serves others making a meal, making food, helping out, you know. I've seen you do so much for so many people, and that's serving the Lord at a high level when you help other people. And Sister Varnum, you are one of the best.
2: You I are. Don't think, I guess I don't think about that as I it, just pleasing myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few years ago, you
1: served as an associate's in missions in Scotland. You got qualified, and left by yourself, and went to Scotland for, how long were you there? 10 months. 10 months. Mm. So, I remember during that period of time when you did that, I was just amazed at you, at the sacrifice, and your fortitude to go do that as a woman. And can you just talk about Scotland a little bit, or maybe why? What? You know, compelled you to do that.
2: <laughs> well, I wanted to do something. I'd always felt like if I had really, really prayed about who to marry and everything, because my heart was always in mission, Okay. that I would have been a missionary. Mm. So one day I asked Brother uh, Pasley, I said, Brother Pasley, is there anything on the mission field that an old lady could do? <laughs> he said, Well, precious, I don't know, but we'll find out. <laughs> That sounds just like... In about a week, Brother Kelly called me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Mark Chu took me downtown and took me through all the red tape, was with me during all that, and Mm -hmm. took me downtown and brought me back and got me started on it. Wow. And I didn't really know any good about, you know, then. Yeah. So when you went to Scotland, what did you do there? Well, uh, Brother Kelly, when I talked to him on the way before I went he said now Sister Barnum when you get the customs don't say a word if they ask you anything answer them don't say another word so I here I went I broke my foot in a month before I went that's right and I appeared there with a cast um, up to my knee with a cane here I'm (laughs) gray-haired and they came to pick me up and I figured well they thought what in the world is this woman gonna cook for us and her hobbling around on the boot (laughs) so but I never missed a day thank the Lord but I cooked for about oh and the customs man when I went up to see him he began to ask me questions what are you doing here I said well I came to cook he said and I and he said I asked him he said what are you Family think about that. I said they're glad to get rid of me for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and they think it's great. <laughs> anyway, uh, Brother Kelly and them took me. They met me with flowers. Oh. Took me back to the place, and and I tell you, one day I was going to make turkey shepherd's pie, and I got some turkey legs and put them on to cook. Went back to my room and it was the dead of winter, snow on the ground, and all of a sudden I heard people hollering and doors slamming. I'd forgotten those things. They had burned to a crisp and the whole place was full of smoke. <laughs> they called the fire department. Everybody had to go out <laughs> and the cold and stand out there and I was, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. it
2: smelled in there so bad for days. <laughs> As a reminder. Oh, wow. But I cooked for probably about 24 a day. It wasn't bad. No.
1: So um, Cooking for 24 every day. That's not bad.
2: No, it wasn't no. Really.
1: Yes. We all do that all the time, Sister I'd,
2: I'd get up. I do it once a year from, on Thanksgiving. That's it. I'd get up about 4 o'clock sometimes. I'd make bread, yeast bread, and wow. all kinds of things. and.
1: I bet those students at that Bible school never ate as good as when, they, as when you were there, Sister Barbara. Yeah, well,
2: I'd found some greens over at the market, and I, I love greens and cornbread. So I decided one day to try them on it. They love the Southern cooking. And, but we had a missionary there. It was the, all the teachers were, they volunteered to come and teach, they didn't have to pay them. Mm-hmm. And I, I forget his name, he was from Spain. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I cooked greens on the first day he's here? And I was so worried that he would need it. And from the back of the room, I heard a voice that says, Sister Varnum, you cook just like my mama. Oh, He was from Texas. Thank you. <laughs> By way
1: of Spain yeah. to Scotland. There you have yeah. it. <laughs> Who knew? Wow. What a great thing. I think that was an amazing thing that in your retirement years that you gave that to God. That is it, an inspiration, Sister it was
2: They have so many things they don't have over there. You couldn't get vanilla wafers. I couldn't make banana pudding. And I had to have a dessert and meat and a salad and dip, everything, you know, yeah. every day. And um, I even cooked Mexican food and Cajun food. I cooked... They loved it. Wow. And uh, Brother Kelly, somebody told me at the general conference in Wales, uh, there over in the U.K., that he said that the Lord sent me to them because they didn't have much money that year. Mm. And uh, I saved them money. I, I, I saved about 700 pounds out of my... Sister Kelly thought I'd given it out of my own money. She said, how'd you do it? I said, well, I cook from scratch. I don't buy... Stuff that's already fixed up. You know? Yeah, wow. But uh, the, there were, um, it, the, uh, where I worked in mm-hmm. the room, it leaked when the snow was on. And it was, one day it would look like um, Snuffy Smith. Have you ever seen his house with all the leaks and the pails and the thing? <laughs>
1: That's how your yeah, place and was. And I had them
2: all over the counter where I had to serve. And we didn't have any hot water in the kitchen oh wow and so uh, brother kelly the inspector for coming he said sister Varnum, if they don't if they find out we don't have hot water i had to heat it in those little kettles you like you know mm-hmm. and, and and he said if they find out he said they'll close the us down so when they come don't say a word to them just let them do their job and leave <laughs> so they came and there were two of them and they began to talk to me and i talked back and we just stood there and I told them, you know, about where I was from and all this kind of stuff. And before, before I knew it, they said, okay, sign here, we're gone. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell Brother Kelly, I did. <laughs> oh. Wow. But uh, they have gotten it fixed now. They, they have. They got the, Yep. <laughs> good.
1: That's good. Um, can you tell us when you came to Calvary? What, how long ago has it been that you came to the Calvary Church? January two thousand five, two thousand five. So, sixteen, sixteen years. And yeah. um, and and what does Calvary mean to you? What does this church mean to you, or this church family?
2: Well, it is home. Yeah, it's. I feel at home here. Yeah. Yes. i I've, I've been. When we would travel, we would always make sure there was a church in the town where we were going and um, when we got into the church and all I felt you know but I I went to some churches where I didn't feel as even though I went for quite a few years uh, but I've made friends here that uh, I didn't have the same lasting friendship that I have now mm-hmm. with
1: well the bible says if you want to have friends you have to show yourself friendly and you certainly do so it's my husband
2: used to accuse me of running for some kind of office (laughs) because i went around and shook hands and talked to everybody
1: (laughs) (laughs) um well as we're finishing up here um when you think about your life and the impact that you would like to have or the legacy you would like to leave Um, Can you share with us what you think about that? When my life is finished, you know, what is it that I want to have accomplished or done or or the legacy
2: I want to leave for people? What is that? I used to think that I would like to open one eye when I was laying in my casket and see if my young'uns were crying.
1: (laughs) Well, I really do. We will make sure that they do. So you rest assured
2: on that. Okay, this is There will
1: be crying from your son's (laughs) (laughs) edge.
2: Okay, my impact, I said, that's a hard question as I'm not sure. I would like to be remembered as a person who was comfortable with who she was but wanted to be better. Mm, Wow, that's beautiful. Yes,
1: you're amazing. You have touched a lot of people, not just uh, at Calvary, but I mean, in the community, you are a person who's a servant. When I think of someone who serves with grace, you're the picture because you're always finding a way to help people to cook for them, to serve them, to lift them up. Uh, So I think the impact that you've made already in my life and in the life of a lot of people is huge.
2: I don't know. you, You don't believe it, but it's true. (laughs) <laughs> Can I tell you something? Yes, please. Nathan? Do. Yeah. I go to Kentucky to help my cousin with his wife. She's twelve years. Young, she's yeah, she's twelve years younger than us. Mm-hmm. Well, she wrote me such a sweet letter saying good things like that about me, and I thought it was so sweet. I got it just as we were coming to church one Wednesday night, and it was so sweet I had to read it to them. Nathan said. Mom, as much as you've been with them and they don't act like they even know you. (laughs) So here I feel that same way when you're doing that. They know
1: you very well, very well. Do you have a favorite verse of scripture or one that you'd like to share with us? Yes, Yes, this is one of them right here. All
2: right. I have a bunch. Okay.
1: Can you share one?
2: It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Amen. Amen. Well, we're just about out of time, but I hope you've enjoyed tonight.
1: Let's give Sister Varnum a hand. Wow. Yes. You you continue to make a huge impact at the Calvary Church. And if this series is living epistles, then you are one because you are a letter that all of us can read about the goodness and the glory of God. So, tonight, as we're finishing and we're closing, we'd like to ask you to pray for us, pray for the Calvary Church and our community. Just pray over us, Sister Varnum, that God would do his work in us. Can you do that as we're closing tonight? Yeah.
2: Lord, we're thankful for all your many blessings. We're thankful that we have one another because that is the biggest blessing of our life, that Mm -hmm. we have brothers and sisters in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Lord, we ask you tonight to to keep your hand on us, God, in spirit and in in our bodies, that you would protect us and heal and give us healing like you want to do for us. And Lord, we ask you to help us bless one another and to love one another and keep you in our heart and mind every moment of the day. We ask you to bless us and keep us, take us to our homes and keep us safe. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Let's give Sarah Varnum a hand. Thank you, Thank
1: you very much for coming to the Calvary Church and being at Growth University tonight. God bless you. Amen.